0: Good morning and welcome to Fort Washington Collegiate Church. I am the Reverend Dr. Demaris Whitaker and I am the senior minister of this church. We are a multicultural, multiracial, open and affirming church in the neighborhood of Washington Heights in the city of New York. And this morning, I want to welcome our Middle Collegiate Church family and my colleague, the Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis. We are honored to host the Revolutionary Love, Fierce Love in a Hybrid World Conference. So whether you are here in person or you are watching online, I hope that you feel our warm welcome into the beautiful experience that is this conference. So settle in in your seats, get yourself comfortable, open up your hearts and minds, and let us worship God.
1: I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do.
2: I come to praise the Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the
1: Lord. I don't know what you come to do. I come to praise the Lord. I
3: come to do my
1: dance. dance. I come to do my dance. My dance. I come to sing my song. My song. I come to sing my song. my song. I come to lift my hands. My hands. I come to lift my hands.
4: everyone. So Jackie and some of the other ministers have tested this morning and so we're gonna take our masks off if that's okay with people here while we speak so you can see me. And Zach is uh, gonna keep his on. We're, we're you know modeling difference and all trying try to keep each other safe. Uh, so this is our uh, message for all ages and I see some younger folks here and so my question for you is do any of you have a friend? None of you? Come on raise your hand if you have a friend. All right, look at that, we got lots of friends here. So I'm actually here with one of my friends, Zach. Zach and I were married together, and now uh, he serves uh, for Washington Church up here, and I serve Middle Church downtown, and we get to have an an amazing time having a conversation with y'all this morning. What I wanna ask you, my friend, is do you ever feel ashamed to be a Christian? let's talk.
5: Thank you, Ben. Sometimes, yes. last Last week was Easter, and I was very excited, and I proclaimed loudly that Christ is risen. And I made some people feel uncomfortable. See, some people connect being Christian also to being hateful or hating. And I didn't make that connection, because for me, being Christian is not about being hateful. But still sometimes those feelings of shame come up. When I say Christ is risen, some people hear hate in that. Yeah, thanks for being honest about that. And I wanted
4: to be honest with all of you because I remember when I was a kid, a lot of times I didn't wanna say that I was a Christian because I would see other Christians on the news saying things about queer people like me or my black friends, or my Jewish friends, or my Muslim friends, and I didn't want to be associated with that kind of hatred. And I let them tell me what it meant to be a Christian. And so I'm wondering, Zach, what are some of the ways that we can change that? How How can we make it so that when people think about Christianity, they're not thinking about those people, but they're thinking about us?
5: Well, I have good news. You see, many years ago, people did not accept Jesus for his message either. And so people wanted to put it into the world so that it could make the world's kind of sense. But that's not the kind of faith that we have. And so, my good news to you is this that message of love that we know that comes from Jesus is ours whether the world says so or not. It is our power to change the world, to reclaim what it means to be Christian, and to change what it can mean for us to feel this way, to feel this kind of shame to be a Christian, by proclaiming it boldly and being loving people.
4: Yeah. Yeah, he can clap, It's good. (laughs) And and I couldn't agree more, and I, I think what's really important is that that means when we go out and we love the world fiercely. When we do anti-racist work, when we uh, go and, and feed people in our community, when we uh, you know march in protests, we, we don't do that and say, well, yeah, I do it, and I'm a Christian. We say, I do it because I'm a Christian, because this is what it means to live my faith, because this is what Jesus calls me to do. And I think if we can start to live that different kind of faith, then when people think about Christianity, they're not gonna be thinking about people like Jerry Falwell. They're gonna be thinking about people like us, like this beautiful sanctuary full of people who are ready to live a different kind of faith and invite people into it. Amen. Amen. And now I invite uh, our wonderful choir to come up and sing Sia and uh, kick us off into the rest of this wonderful worship service.
3: Speaking of living into our faith, we have a full month ahead of us where we have the opportunity to love our siblings well here at Metal and in our community. May marks the AAPI Heritage Month, and there are many ways we as a community can love and stand in solidarity with our Asian siblings, starting next Sunday with a 5K walk against anti-Asian hate. May is also Lower East End Heritage Month, and we, as storytellers who live out the truth of our neighborhood, all the truth, get to do that together here at Middle, at East End Temple, May 29th, to share the truth and the witness of how Middle responded to AIDS right here in our neighborhood. And lastly, this Thursday, we get to hear the prose and musings of writers like our very own Reverend Natalie Perkins, for how to get published on Zoom. All of these movements you can find on middlechurch.org events.
6: So let us take at this time a moment to get into a posture and spirit of prayer. So let me invite you those who are here in the sanctuary, those who are joining us uh, online, take a couple of deep breaths in if you will, with me here right now in. Out, in, out, one more time. In, out, let us go to God in prayer. And to our God, we want to give you thanks for this wonderful, beautiful day that you have made. Thanks for another opportunity that we have been able to come and gather together in fellowship and in holy communion, doing so in remembrance of you breaking bread together, sharing a cup together, sharing love and grace and smiles with one another, reminding each other of your presence here with us, your ever-loving presence with us that never fails, that never leaves, that never forsakes. We thank you for this day, and we thank you for all who are able to gather together, whether we are able to be in the physical space together or in the online space together, but all of us are united together ask church getting a glimpse of the coming reign of your justice in this world bless this time together rest on each of us make yourself at home in this place today these things I pray in the name of your son and all that is loving and holy and just and I invite us now you can find this in your bulletin but I invite us to say the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray oh so long ago. You can find an inclusive version in your bulletin or you can say whatever words resonate most closely with your spirit. And Let us say together, ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now that we're prayed up, let us take a moment together and with our neighbors. So those who are in the place today, I invite you to wave a hand, make a friend. Those virtually wave a virtual hand, make a virtual friend and pass your neighbors.
1: Who we- is-
0: Good morning, church. Today's scripture comes from 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, then God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us, those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars, for those who do not love a brother or a sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the reading of the word. Thank you God.
1: you're down and confused and you think that you've been used and you're only a face in the crowd well i know how that feels no one hears your appeals and you're lonely for crying out loud When you start off Then you stutter From the penthouse To the gutter Though they're usually found The other way round When you only a face in the crowd in the crowd you'll be strong restore your pride take my hand i'm on your side if you
7: You better sing that song, Antoine. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I say, hey, everybody. Hey. Hi, I'm Jackie Lewis. Uh, some of you are probably here for the very first time. Uh, raise your hand if it's your first visit. Anybody? Yay! I'm so glad you're here. Uh, thank you for coming. I am not Damaris Whitaker. Uh, Though we are both African women, uh, she is a senior minister here at Middle uh, Fort Washington Church and is on a break today. But the Fort Washington community has welcomed us with open arms. So, Middle Church is so grateful to be sisters with you, Fort Washington family. We're thankful for your hospitality. We're thankful that you opened your doors wide for this, uh huh, for this Fierce Love convening. And we're delighted to have you here. Raise your hand if you're from Middle Church. Let me see you. Yay, we're so glad you're here. Thank you so much. So, won't you say a word of prayer with me? Holy One, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we seek to hear a word from you today, I ask, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Sixteen times. Sixteen times. That's how many times the word love is used in that scripture today. Sixteen times. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of love. It's a Sunday after Easter, and this text appears in the common lectionary reading, the text that most of the church is reflecting on today. And I was so glad to see this text this day, because it is actually one of my favorite texts in all of Scripture. It's so beautiful from the Johannine community. That's meant to impress you. The Johannine community. (laughs) The people who were disciples of Jesus, but also disciples of John, who had sequestered themselves after the, the crucifixion, who had run away from the cross, who had found caves and hideouts and places to be so that they would not be persecuted by the Roman Empire that was angry, frightened of, maybe even mad at, this growing movement of love, this Jesus movement of love that would that would dare to say out loud that the emperor wasn't God, that would dare to say out loud that the values of the of the Roman Empire went against the values of God, God's self, that, that hid away and hunkered down so as to survive in a, in a time of oppression and economic despair, a, a group of people who, who leaned into each other, to love on each other, to try to make theological meaning of the death of Jesus at a time when the kind of crucifixion was a, was a truth, a real reality, an assassination at the hands of the state. But the resurrection, well, that felt like a big old lie. I mean, Jesus had said that he was going to rise up, that there would be a new energy, a new life, like he had metaphorically described that the temple would be destroyed, but in three days it would rise again. And the two, three, four people who stood at the foot of the cross remembering that Jesus who said that, the five, six, seven women who had been to tend to Jesus' body the few who found the empty tomb, the one who was told to go and tell my brothers and sisters what you've seen. Didn't nobody believe that story in those days, in that moment? There must have been a grave robber that came and took the body. The death was so strong, the stench so fresh, the pain so real, the idea of a rising body just was laughable. And the fact that a woman preached it, well, you know, that was incredible. But so these people, these disciples, these disciples of John, these disciples of Jesus, the disciple, the beloved disciple, the folks gathered together in these small places, in these cracked in tight squeezed please keep me self places, try to make theological meaning of what Jesus had been saying to them, what Jesus had been saying to them. Love your enemy. Feed the hungry. When you saw the one that was naked, when you saw the one that was sick, when you saw the one that was in prison, you saw me, go and do that to me. Be in the world love, be love in the world. And so they were doing midrash, if you will, preaching on the preaching. Jewish friends of mine loved the preaching on the preaching on the preaching. And the preaching on that. And this is what they came up with this beautiful chapter in 1 John, chapter 4, really claiming for themselves an identity that was countercultural, antithetical, to power over, to rule with swords and enmity. That was a worldview based on equity and equality and peace and justice. These these new followers of the way, of the Jesus way, made a midrash on love based on the teachings of the rabbi, that they were not only to love each other but to love the stranger because they had been strangers in a strange land, strangers without a temple, without a home, strangers alien and treated as though they didn't belong. This teaching was to reverse that, to be new, to make a new world where the old world had languished, to rise up out of the ashes with a new theology of love. God, they said, is love. God is not on a coin saying the empire should strike back. God is not power over. God is not a ruler. God is not a denier of humankind. God is not on your side. God is not on one team. God is love. God is love, not kind of like love Yes, the source and the fount of all love, but God actually is synonymous with love. Some of the commentators don't believe that, Rabbi Josh. They try to soften that. Like, that's not what they meant. But that's what they said. God is love. What kind of love? Not the romantic love that makes John stay with me no matter how crazy I am and I can be crazy, not the kind of friendship love that makes Danita hang with me after all these 20 years, but no, agape love, unconditional love, you can't do anything to stop it love, the kind of love that makes a mommy and a daddy do anything to heal a child, the kind of love that makes us wade into the fettered waters of New Orleans or Sandy Hook post-storm to rescue the people that we don't know from the foul waters and the death that would snatch them. The kind of love that made people march across the Pettus Memorial Bridge more than once to withstand violence, to stand up for the rights of all of the people to vote, the kind of love that sends us to the border or to the prison or to the hospital room to sit with the ones who are disenfranchised. The kind of love that causes us to give each other a fresh start, a new chance, a better opportunity that doesn't give up on each other. That is God, is what the writers are saying. the kind of love that stops us from being afraid, the kind of love that builds a new community, a new humanity, and makes us all one. I need this love, this God. Do you? I'm so sick and tired of the way we kill each other, because we don't think the same thing about God. I'm so sick and tired of the way black lives don't matter and when you say they do, somebody thinks you're a racist. I'm so sick and tired of the segregation and the wealth clash. I'm so tired of the billionaires having so much when we step over people on the street, aren't you? I'm so sick and tired of us believing that this way the world works is what God intended. I'm sick of watching Putin cross himself on this orthodox Easter when the people in Ukraine are being murdered by his troops. I'm so sick of the marauding, and the rampaging, and the slaughter, and the alienating, and the castigating, and the blaming, and the fighting, and the bitching. Sorry. I'm so tired of us living to our worst self as opposed to rising into our best self. I'm so tired of us having a low bar for what it means to be human, as opposed to living like Jesus. I'm so tired of the way we've put Jesus in a small box that we manipulate and manage and pretend is Christianity. I want us to hack Jesus out (laughs) of that kind of Christianity. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I want us to rescue Jesus from the stories that have been told and the way he's been framed and the corner into which he's been put. Don't put Jesus in the corner. What movie is that? (laughs) Get him out of the corner. Get him out of your pocket, out of your fanny pack. Get him out of the box of xenophobia and anti-Semitism and anti-Islamic sentiment and earth murder. Get get Jesus free. (laughs) My story, my faith story says that Jesus is God come all the way down to live a life among us. To teach us how to love, to teach us how to be human and divine. And I'm going to tell you, I believe that. And if you don't, can you believe that there is a force called love that is good enough? Can you believe That God, the word God just comes from the German word gut. Can you believe that God is a force of love, good enough, strong enough, powerful enough, liberating enough, freeing enough, justice loving enough, that that love doesn't care how we call it? Certainly would be outraged that we would fight about how to call it. That the love itself is enough to make us free if we would lean into it. And love each other with it? Can you believe that? And if you can believe that, how does that rewire our life? How does it shape our conversations? How do we manage our relationships if we believe God is love? Love is love. How do we how do we engage one another? In social media and at the dinner table if we believe God is love. How do we stand up for the ones on the margins if we believe God is love? How do we change the way we do work if we believe God is love? Where we shop, how we spend our money, the media we consume, the books we buy and don't ban if we think God is love? How do we spend our resources if God is love? How does it change our bank account if God is love? How does it reorder our value system if God is love? How do we become a democracy built on justice since God is love? I want to convert you. I want to convince you. I want to proselytize. I want you to join a religion called love. You can stay a Christian if you want. That's cool. It's okay. You can stay Jewish. You can be Muslim if you want. That's cool. You, can you be an atheist? I don't care. Sure. I want to convert you to love. To love as the only powerful force that can make us well. Because it is. And it has to start with each of us. Daniel Lebeski's kind bar guy company has this whole campaign called It Starts With Us. This love I'm talking about has to start with you. You loving you, not liking you, loving you. Not aggrandizing you, loving you. Not idolizing you, but loving you. Loving you like you are your baby. Loving you like you are your best thing because you are. Not pretending you're perfect, you're not. Not pretending you're flawless, you're not. Looking at your flaws and your imperfections and your quibbles and your boobles and your mess ups and looking at them with fondness and kindness and going, yeah, that's me and I love her fiercely. I'm so crazy right now that John hasn't left me as a miracle. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm frightened. The world is full of drama. The collegiate church is hard. I gotta rebuild a church. I'm still traumatized from the fire. I'm crazy some days. I know that never happens to you, but it does to me. And when I'm crazy, and I look in the mirror and with compassion, say, Jacqueline Lewis, you're just a little wacko-winko. Let's take a breath and start over. It just goes better. And when I turn that kindness that I turn to myself, as I'm flossing and brushing, to John, when he occasionally makes a mistake, or to my team, it goes better. And then I can have something to give the world that can transform it. The only thing to fix it is love, and it has to start with you. So if we're going to rescue Jesus with fierce love, I think we might have to rescue ourselves first. Are you with me? You cannot love your neighbor if you don't love you. And you cannot love God if you don't love your neighbor. How can you say you love God whom you can't see and hate your neighbor whom you can't see? That's what the text says. Can you really love your neighbor? Not if you don't love you. Do you see how it goes around and around and around? It starts with you, my love. Love you so you can love your neighbor so you can love God. And we can rescue this thing called Christian with the fiercest love of all. Let's try it. Our lives depend on it. Amen.
8: Middle Church, we are Lisa Heilich
2: and Tammy Johnson. Our pronouns are both she and her. And we are coming to you from Decatur, Georgia, which is the land of the Muscogee Creek peoples in the greater Atlanta area.
8: As a same gender interracial couple in the southern U.S.,
2: there are many areas where it would be very difficult for us to find a church for us to worship in together as a married couple.
8: To be clear, there are some fine churches here in the Atlanta area where we, we, we would be welcome to worship. But because I run a large ecumenical nonprofit
2: And I work at a local seminary. For us to go to church often turns into work. work.
8: We had been looking for an opportunity to be able to worship and to find a church home together. And when COVID hit, we decided
2: we would just church hop on the internet every week. However, in March of 2020, the first worship service we tried was Middle Collegiate Church.
8: And we've been here ever since.
2: (laughs) In fact, we attend worship together more regularly now than we ever have in our 27 years together.
8: And we're involved in other activities at Middle. I will be found most Wednesday mornings Zooming at Pray to Rise. Which
2: is amazing because she's not a morning person. I'm not.
8: Connection also goes another way though. Whenever, whenever and wherever we are doing the work of fierce love.
2: Wherever we are, when I'm working with students and professors. Or
8: when I'm working to eradicate food insecurity or advocating for voting rights.
2: Whatever it is that shares the love and the spirit we have found at Middle.
8: It means that Middle is also represented there as well.
2: Now we may be located physically almost 900 miles away from Middle headquarters.
8: But we feel such a part of this community and this family and this movement. And we will definitely be visiting New York when it's safer to travel. But near or far, we are connected virtually and through the spirit. Here at Middle, you are invited to join and you are invited to be part of this movement. Wherever you are in
2: your spiritual journey and wherever you are in the world
8: in fact the movement of fierce love needs you and we need the gifts of everyone and yes that includes
2: money for technology that allows us to connect
8: for this incredible
2: middle church staff that holds it all together and it will take money to continue this movement
8: to share fierce love across across the the world world that that needs needs it more than than ever. ever
7: following the promise of a brand new day that is only brought to us through this fierce revolutionary love. And so we ask God that you bless these gifts that we have brought to your storehouse to be used for thy will and thy purpose in bringing your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
6: I'd invite you to stand as we do our closing hymn, which is Total Praise. How many people have sung Total Praise? Anybody here? Amen. There's some people who know it. When we get to the amen, we're going to marinate a little bit. So just be ready. Can you say marinate? Marinate. Marinate. Okay, we're gonna marinate a little bit, so don't be surprised.
7: Thank you, everybody. You are the choir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. Here's the thing. What's happening now doesn't work. The violence, the anger, the vitriol, the pain, the blaming, the finger-pointing, it doesn't work. The side-taking doesn't work. We live in a nation in which we will rake a black woman over the coals rather than confirm her. We live in a broken time. But you are a pocket of resistance. You are love incarnate. I have hope. We can have hope because we know how to do the love thing. We can do the love thing. We do do the love thing. We simply must do the love thing more. Let us not be tricked by the culture, let us not be fooled by the sense of what power looks like. Let us lean into love like Jesus. Let's lean into love from God for all of us. Let's be love, fierce love in the world because together we can make a just, moral, beautiful, kind society. And it is our calling, it is our job to love like that. So I want you to take a pledge. Give me the, give me the benediction together. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Do you want a revolution? That's another song. Are, are you ready? I pledge, I pledge allegiance to the love, to the love. that will unite, us, that will unite us. And us and guide us and to the people and to the, and to the God One loving humanity humanity. bound in love love. now and always until we we heal the world. Heal the world. Heal the world. Amen. Thank you.